Air now has two premier cannabis dispensaries in the greater Boston area. Airback Bay is conveniently located in the heart of Boston at 827 Boylston Street across from the Prudential Center, serving adult-use customers. Or check out Air Watertown, located near Watertown Square at 48 North Beacon Street, serving medical patients and adult-use customers. Our team is eager to help you choose from a wide assortment of premium cannabis products. Join us in the air, spelled A-Y-R, in Back Bay, Watertown, or online. Please consume responsibly. This product may cause impairment and may be habit forming. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. This product has not been analyzed or approved by the Food and Drug Administration. There is limited information on the side effects of using this product, and there may be associated health risks. Marijuana use during pregnancy and breastfeeding may pose potential harms. It is against the law to drive or operate machinery when under the influence of this product. Keep this product away from children. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. The impairment effects of edible marijuana may be delayed by two hours or more. In case of accidental ingestion, contact Poison Control Hotline at 1-800-222-1222 or 911. This product may be illegal outside of Massachusetts. Massachusetts State License Number MR283946, MR283886, Watertown Medical License Number RMD325. B-Pod Studios. The Felger and Maz podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, the show you'll be talking about. That was not me hemming and hawing. In therapy. Socks! Socks, stop, stupid socks. It's Felger and Maz, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, it's hour number three. Felger and Maz coming to you from Patriots Training Camp. Our presenting sponsor for all of training camp has been Safety Insurance. Our hourly sponsor here for the 4 p.m. hour is the Closet Factory. And we are joined now in the New England Honda Dealers guest chair by Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal, who I might uh, even uh, say is responsible for us being here. He shamed us into coming down to Patriots Training Camp. So are you satisfied? Uh, no, I am not, because this was the biggest nothing burger practice of camp Wait a minute. that we got to see. I saw a bunch of 11-on-11 11 11 full scrimmage, fully padded practices. I saw Mac Jones and Mike Kosicki in the back of the end zone. I saw some actual football out there. there. Was, did did uh, I not? There was one competitive drill, that red zone period, where both uh, Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi uh, got chances. That was it. The rest was, yes, 11-on-11, 11 11, 11, but it was off of cards. It was game prep. Uh, Mac Jones was basically running a show team with the starters that even included Trent Brown's first right, team so, snaps of camp, but those those were just sort so, of jogged through. So this I didn't notice. So yeah. they they were running scout team stuff. Yep. They were mm-hmm. for the defense. So they were running what Houston stuff. Yes, basically that's the way that that's the way it looked to me. Definitely the offense for a large portion of this practice was running off of cards, game prep stuff. Then the next period they would flip. The defense would run. Show period stuff. They would be the show team against okay. Bailey Zappi and the Texans, quote unquote, starters. Listen, I came here. I, I sat Congratulations on the, I you. sat on the effing hill. He talked Heckled to a me. player. I watched practice. I took some notes mentally. I interviewed a player. Wow. Okay. I went into the press box, ate some of the food. Like, I had a day. I've done it. I've done the thing. Okay. I've done the thing. And he's not satisfied. What not all heroes need? wear capes. <laughs> <laughs> How are we looking out there, big boy? Uh, you know, I think it's I think it's getting a little bit better. I think the offense um, has its moments. Mike Kosicki has come alive this week, which has been nice to see. I mean, that one-handed grab that he made today was just um, tremendous. I mean, and they don't have another guy that sort of body type, size in the red zone that can do that. I mean, even Hunter Henry had a little uh, – he talked to us after practice, and I think he, he was a little envious – uh, that Mike could pull that off. Um, so, you know, that was good to see. It, it, it's so tough with the way the offensive line is right now. 
Um, but, you know, there's there's hope that Trent Brown, he's slowly getting ramped up, whatever it is he's doing. Cole Strange, you're hoping that he's going to be back at some point. Um, same with Awenu. And you got to figure out right tackle. I mean, right now, right tackle is a disaster. Connor McDermott has not been good this week, uh, including today in the one-on-ones. And so, uh, yeah, you know, and the, I think the defense has looked pretty good. I, I Green Bay, I can't wait to go to Green Bay and Nashville the next two weeks, and we'll get a real sort of gauge on these teams. I'm hoping they're holding out some of these guys to to really get into it against the Packers and the Titans, and, and then we'll get a better idea of you know how good this team could be. Are you, do you get the feeling that the defense might be a little bit propped up because of the offensive struggles on the line? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it, it does make it very hard to get any sort of judgment on, on this team. Now, I will say... You know, I've been frustrated with the offense at times, but it's much different than it was last year. Last year, you could just tell that they were running a bunch of crap that wasn't going to work into <laughs> bad defenses. And at least this year, you know, Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, they get up there, they change the line, play at the line of scrimmage. That gives them a chance. I mean, you know, look, I, I, I'm a little bit frustrated with the offense because, yes, they're efficient, and if you look at some of these camp stats that are out there, you know, high completion percentage and stuff like that, yeah, if you love Mac Jones checking it down to Ramondre Stevenson in, in the right flat every other play, then, yeah, he's doing gangbusters. I'd like to see in the next couple of weeks more stuff down the field, more, you know, throwing into tight windows, things like that. They haven't gotten there yet. Um, but I'm hopeful that that is coming in the next couple weeks. Okay, Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal. For the next two hours, you want to talk some football? Now's your chance, 617-779-0985. One of the things I've been meaning to ask you, and I haven't all year, have they totally scrapped the zone running thing that they tried to implement last year, or are there still elements of it out here, or is it back to sort of the Patriots' power running game? It's it, Early, we definitely saw some uh, some of that. Don't they um, have like a, a special kind of sled that they use when they're working on it? Yeah, that? they haven't done that, but they have done it in the practices. And the Patriots, you know, they... Outside zone is part of their repertoire, has been for years. They they are very much a, you know, we can run outside zone this week, we can go inside, we can run power. Um, haven't seen a whole, you know, uh, that's mistaken. We have seen some power running, um, but I think they're just ramping up. I think they've been trying to get the bones of the system in, and from what the quarterback said the past couple of days, it sounds like a lot of it is in. Now you start to, to, to make a little bit of progress, start you know implementing more of the game plan stuff that you'll see earlier in the season, and so I'm hopeful that they're, they'll get to that in the next couple of weeks. Tyquan Thornton, we were talking to Alex Barth about him, and you know everything you read sounds like he could be on the outs or lower down the depth chart. Is it too early to call him a little bit of a bust? Uh, I think so. Uh, I'm very leery of calling any young players sort of busts, even though, you know, you could say Ronnie Perkins, who was their third-round pick three years ago, who has yet to suit up for the Patriots, got hurt again today and left practice. His first two seasons, he ended on IR. He got hurt again today. I saw him leave on a cart. Um, I don't know what it was or how serious it is. I forgot he was even here. Yeah, I mean, he was a guy that I had, you know, sort of high hopes for. Um, you know when he got here, based off his college film, but it just hasn't worked out for him. It's it's too early for Taekwon. I mean, look, the kid has gone through it, injury wise. Is part of that his build? Um, yeah, probably. Um, and, and so that comes with the territory. But you know, when you see him on the field, he made a, he made a catch. You know, in the middle of the field today. When you see his speed on the field, when he is out there, you're like, that's something they don't have in this arsenal. And I mean. 
you know, one thing I will say about this passing offense, like the speed is just it's still nowhere to be found. They are really a slow team and they need you know, Demario Douglas in short area. They need Tyquan Thornton flying down the field if they have any chance of making big plays. Right now it just looks like you're hoping and praying that Billy O'Brien is going to call the right plays at the right time to spring somebody loose, and that's sort of how they're going to get the big plays in this offense. Okay, again, Greg Bedard joins us here for the next two hours, and it's a Bill O'Brien show. We've talked about this, but again, just reset this. Is it all Bill O'Brien? Is Belichick over there at all? I haven't seen Bill over there that much in the past couple of days. He's been more sort of, you know, managing the situation. But, yeah, I would say, you know, the offensive show is Billy O'Brien. I mean, he is he is running things. Evan Rothstein, the quarterback's coach, uh, is heavily involved. Bill definitely in the past couple of weeks has, has chimed in more on offense. You see more and more conversations with him and Mac Jones that are that are very similar to what you would see with Tom Brady when he was here. So it seems like... Um, you know, definitely in the off season, it was awkward out here. You know, watching these guys, and, and one thing I will say, you don't see Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi m- mixing up very much. Okay, oh. I, I, like I don't, I don't think Mac Jones likes Bailey Zappi much at all. From what I've seen on the field, I have no inside knowledge of this. But as far as the the, the coaching, um, it, it's been much more normal in this training camp, and it seems like, you know, I, I don't. I think it was did, – didn't Mac say that him and Bill sort of – it sounded like that they had talked, fresh start, all that stuff. It seems like that conversation happened at some point because it does seem much more normal in this training camp, certainly from where they were in the spring. The Mac and Zappy thing, I've I've thought about this just listening to Mac Jones. In fact, yesterday, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's cut number one, Jimmy. Is it Mac Jones number one? From your list yesterday, where he's asked about Bailey Zappi, I didn't put it in today's rundown, but I, I, I it stands out to me. Do, do you have, uh, do you have that? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought you said you had it. If, 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 if he's asked directly about Bailey Zappi. Yep. About a year now, your relationship has developed and grown with Bailey uh, on a daily basis. You guys spend so much time together. Yeah, I think uh, definitely been in some really good quarterback rooms and. Uh, learned a lot from the guys that were here, you know, when I was young, and hopefully I can do the same for the guys that are younger than me. It's just, yeah, it was just a cold answer to a specific question about you and Bailey Zappi, and he just says, you know, he talks about the room and you know, so like he he, he wouldn't even go there. Yeah, and I just I don't know that felt kind of odd to me. So you sense it on the field? Too. Oh yeah, for sure. I I never I never see them together. Like, and normally, you know, say Brian Hoyer was here in the backup role, there'd be a lot of conversation. I do see Mac and Trace McSorley talking at times. Like, I I don't think Mac likes Billy Zappi at all. I I view it sort of like, you know, Brady and Garoppolo um, was pretty cold. And look, I, I, I think a lot of it has to do with what happened last season and the Bears game and all that stuff. And, you know, probably some of Bailey's answers, which... To, to questions, um, you know, whether it's in camp or in the off season, and I don't blame Z- uh, Bailey. He should have that attitude that yes, I'm in a competition and all that stuff. He should. I expect that of him. Um, but I do think that that Max been just annoyed by the whole Zappy experience, well, and I don't think there's any love lost well, there. He's not the only one who's been annoyed by it, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's not the only. Joe Murray. Anything yeah, you want to ask Murray. Greg? Anything you want to ask to Greg while we have him here? I Bailey. Just- Bailey Zappy. Yeah, I just I just wanted to ask, uh, what is Zappy? How how big is the gap in your opinion from Mac and Bailey Zappy? Uh, pretty sizable. 
I mean, you know, and, and I'm just being honest. I'm just telling you what I see on the field. And, and I will readily admit, there are some elements of what the Patriots do where I, I think it looks better with Bailey, you know, including a lot of the play-action fakes, um, screen game. Like, Bailey just has a natural – I would say Bailey is a more natural quarterback, like in his movements and in, in, in how he gets the team in and out of things, where Mac is a little bit more – Forced, you know, he's a little bit, you know, been, you know, created as a quarterback, you know, by his family or whatever. Yeah. Um, but you know, Bailey is a much more natural quarterback to me in the system. However, he's just extremely limited physically. He's too short. He has trouble. Batted passes are a constant issue for him. They had the uh, they had the rackets out yesterday, and I think or, or yesterday or two days ago, and he got smacked down twice but on each side and what was interesting is that on the next rep all of a sudden Bailey Zappi is now throwing further outside he stayed he, you know he knows enough to stay away from the paddles but just because he doesn't want to look bad but he has trouble finding lanes to throw in sacks are a huge issue for him batted passes are a huge issue that you know the arm strength you know isn't great I wouldn't say it's terrible or anything but Mac is just physically um, a much better quarterback. He just is. Okay. You can suck on that, Joe Murray. Uh, <laughs> your thoughts out there. Again, talk some football with Greg at 617-779-0985. To you right after this. It's your turn to stay and play at Turning Stone Resort Casino. Enjoy award-winning hotels, dining, and live entertainment. Play the newest slots and classic table games. Check out the state's largest poker room, and don't miss our world-famous bingo hall. Turning Stone is the perfect gaming getaway. And the next big winner might be you. Turning Stone Resort Casino. It's your turn. Live from Gillette Stadium, it's Elgar and Mass for Patriots Training Camp. Presented by Safety Insurance. On your home for New England Patriots football. 98.5 The Sports Hub. Final question. What's your plan for Thursday night for the snap counts for each quarterback? Mm, yeah, I'm still working on that. But the players who are least experienced will get the most playing time, I can tell you that. Will Max start? Yeah, I don't know. He's still working on it, Greg. He's still working on the snaps for uh, Thursday night. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he's yeah. very hard at work right now on that. So. <laughs> We're going to see a lot of this Malik Cunningham kid, aren't we? Yeah, well, he's at least getting reps uh, for an emergency situation where, say, Trace McSorley gets beaten to a pulp behind whatever offensive line they they have out there, and uh, somebody's got to finish the game. So, um, But, I, yeah, I, I would expect to see him. Are you fully prepared to be annoyed by him and the talk of like him being like Michael Bishop back in the day? Yeah, I mean, you think ago? the Billy Zappi thing's annoying. Yeah, we'll wait I know. I can't this. wait to hear Jim and Joe Murray on um, on uh, Malik Cunningham off of Thursday night's game. It's Look, this be- kid breaks off like a 40-yard run. You know what's going to oh, happen. Oh, it's coming. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, just like Danny Etling. Remember yeah. that All long right. touchdown yeah. run that he had? And everybody was just like, oh, can't let go of Danny Etling. Okay, calls for a Bedard. Dean in Vermont. Go ahead, Dean. Uh, so you, we were talking about boxing earlier and Taekwon Thornton's struggle catching the ball. I was wondering if these football players ever use the speed bag to increase their hand-eye coordination or uh, what other um, tactics they use to increase their hand-eye coordination. Okay. Do we really have to ask that one? Let, let me ask you about Taekwon Thornton. What's going to hold him back or what is holding him back? 
Alex Barth was on earlier saying he's having a problem with his hands this camp. Um, yeah, I mean, Alex might be watching. So I don't watch the wide receiver and cornerback one-on-ones. I watch the big fella one-on-ones. Um, so I haven't seen a lot of that, and that might be true. He might be double-catching the ball. Uh, you know, I think for Tycon Thornton, it's, it's durability first and foremost. Just being a, You can't be a young player and miss as much time. As he as he has and get on the field, other than just the occasional show pony run down the field on a shot play, and that's sort of what he uh, the position that he was in last year. Um, I do think he has some you know concentration drop issues, but I just I don't think he's a he's not a natural receiver. He's just an athlete who runs down the field. I mean, you know, you're you're hoping with the speed and and, and all that stuff that it, that it hits at some point where he puts it together. But, you know, if you're hoping he's going to be one of these mid-round wide receivers who hits big and all of a sudden, you know, dominates, like, you know, you guys have, you know, run through the list um, again and again about, you know, guys who either behind him or, or you know, mid-round sort of receivers. He's just not that type of guy. He's not a natural pass catcher. Brendan's in Redding. Go ahead, Brendan. Yeah. Hey, Greg, first off, don't refer to Billy Bill O'Brien. I almost did as Billy O'Brien. You're not a friend of his. You're not a coach in the NFL. You're not in the circle. Okay. Uh, so what, so how should I so so how should I refer to him? Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Okay. Okay. The you only know, reason you, I use Billy that, is to differentiate write that, him write that from on your Bill. Website that, write, that, write that on your website that nobody subscribes to. Okay. Not on the air here. Okay. Jesus. Actual people. Listen. What's this guy's in, problem? In year seven, still, still, still here. Well, oh yeah. Ahead. So, you're, anyways. You're yeah, yeah. Just, just don't call him uh, Billy O'Brien. And, okay. And more, more fiction from Bedard. Oh, they don't like each other. But yet he just admitted that he all he does is watch the one on one. So how would you see every interaction that Mac and Bailey Zappi have? But hey, keep keep with the fiction writer, R.L. Stein. Okay, what's this guy's problem? Oh, I don't know. You know, I have there. There's a there's a hater crew out there. Oh yeah, there, yeah, for sure. You know, most of them I have you know blocked and muted on Twitter <laughs> because they're complete morons. Who just Let you know the, the Patriots truth. season's back though. That bitchiness that came quick, yeah. even before the first preseason game. Ah, Patriots it. are still good at that. Uh, Mike in Connecticut, go ahead, Mike. Man, Greg, that guy was not a fan of you. Jesus. Um, hey, I know a lot of the uh, focus is on the offense, rightfully so. But the, last year, this is a defense that went games or multiple games without forcing punts from Josh Allen and not playing very well in big spots. Is there any hope or reason to believe, Greg, that they're going to be better this year, especially in those big games? Uh well, just cut you off there. Any hope that they have more success against those good quarterbacks because they have a ton of good quarterbacks on the schedule. Here's the case for the Patriots. I mean, it's continuity um, with you know just about everybody back. Um, that they can develop their pressure packages and and you know fool the quarterbacks a little bit, and that they have better outside cornerback play with Christian Gonzalez, Jack Jones. Uh, uh, John Jones, um, that, you know, if those guys are all out there and, and consistent and good, you know, I, I think that's where you have the biggest growth uh, potential because the, the, the cornerbacks just weren't good um, last year. It's why they addressed it, you know, went with Christian Gonzalez in the first round. Bill saw the need. They, they have a lot of poor stats uh, against the better quarterbacks. So, you know, that's, that's the argument for. But, um, well, look, to me, I think everything we're going to need to know about this defense is going to come in week one. Yes, the Eagles are really good. 
Um, the offensive line is great. They have weapons and all that stuff. If the Patriots are a good defense, they should more than hold their own in the, that game. They have the entire summer to get ready for that one game. If they can't come out and hold the Eagles down, there's little hope for this defense. Ray and Revere, what do you got, Ray? Yeah, two Jack Jones questions. First, are they waiting for this August hearing to see if the DA or the league takes them off the board? And if it's the latter, if he's taken off the board, how's this defense shape up? Thank you. Listen. It seems to me that, um, I, you know, I don't put much into this hearing. It's a probable cause hearing. I mean, you know, could the charges be dropped? Yeah, you know, and the rumor is is that they're going to put up somebody else to take the blame for the guns, that it was their fault, that they did it, you know, you know how this goes. Yep. That could happen. The charges could get dropped. I mean, it, but I, I don't really see anything happening in this probable cause hearing that's going to take them off the board anytime soon. Now, you know, could the trial date be set and it could be towards the end of the season? Yeah, but there's a way of dragging these things out. I think the Patriots think that the earliest that this becomes an issue is next offseason. Um, that's the way things have gone. I've covered some you know, court cases in my time covering the NFL, and it takes forever for these things get, to get resolved. And with this not a quote-unquote uh, violent crime, violent crime, there's not much precedent for the league to step, step in and do anything unless, unless Roger Goodell thinks that guns is becoming more and more of a problem, which we saw very early in his tenure. Um, guns have become more of an issue for the NFL. You know, could he want to send a message to the rest of the league? That's always possible with him. But I, my my gut feeling is I think the Patriots think they have him for at least a season. Okay, we continue with your calls for Greg Bedard. And we get to 3-up, three 3-down, three the first edition of 3-up, three 3-down. Three Training camp so far with the big boy right after Joe Murray. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Bill Haney's North Shore Music Theater is giving you a license to chill at Jimmy Buffett's Escape to Margaritaville. This upbeat and energetic new musical getaway features all the Jimmy Buffett songs you know by heart, plus a few new ones. Have your flip-flops knocked off at Escape to Margaritaville, only at North Shore Music Theater from August 15th through August 27th. Set your mind on island time and get your tickets today at nsmt.org and make your escape. Felger and Maz are live at Gillette Stadium for Patriots Training Camp. Presented by Safety Insurance on 98.5 The Sports Hub. And now it's time for three Touchdown, Patriots! Two big throws on this drive by Mac Jones, your quarterback. What a throw on the skinny. I'll take more of this, please. Three down. Put a jacket on him. He don't want to be out here. Sit him down. With Greg Bedard from BostonSportsJournal.com. Three up. I know you're very results-oriented. I get that. Three down. It's a fail all around. Fail, fail, fail. On Felder and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, it's three up, three down with the big boy. It's a big boy Tuesday. Coming to you at uh, the four to six hour this time because Patriots practice was going on earlier in the program. But Greg Bedard, as he does every Tuesday in the football season, joining us here on the program. And this will be the first three up, three down. So let's do it from training camp, shall we? Three studs, three duds. Who's your number one star so far here at Patriots training camp, Greg? Sorry. So the the criteria I used for this was sort of our um, surprising and disappointing guys. 
guys who, you know, I, I could name like David Andrews has had a great camp when he's been out here, but there's no point in that. I'm talking about guys that, uh, you know, I was curious about and how they would do. Sure. So number one for me would have to be Demario Pop Douglas, the the little receiver, the mm-hmm. rookie. He's been He's been great. I did have high hopes for him coming in. As soon as they drafted him, I, I figured he would be the guy who sort of hit first. You know, they also drafted um, Keishon Boutte, who's been, you know, okay. But Pop Douglas, you know, has a chance to have a real role on this team, so I've been impressed with him. Okay, number two. Uh, Jabril Peppers. I think he's been awesome in this camp. He's so physical. He does so many different things, you know, blitzing, uh, run support. You know, you've seen him at free safety at times. Like, I, I just think, you know, a full year, two. he was coming back from the knee injury last year. He came on towards the end of last year. He's just built on that, and I think he's going to be a big part in, in how they try to stop some of these uh, more athletic, better quarterbacks. Let, let me just stop you on both these guys. Uh, Douglas, do you think he has a real role in the offense this year? I mean, when the real games start, is he in the slot against the Eagles getting real opportunity? No, but I think they'll have a package for him. You know, similar to the Marcus Jones package, he probably takes his place. But I think I'm hopeful that at some point in time, and it might be tough early on in the season, but at some point, you know, he develops a role that, that you know, helps this team because they don't have, like I said before, the, the lack of speed on this offense is just, it's glaring every time you watch this team. Okay, at, at the safety position, who's Devin McCourty? It's, it's not Peppers, right? He plays more of a box safety role or a linebacker hybrid kind of thing. Who's the free safety? It'll alternate between Kyle Duggar and uh, Jalen Mills, in in my opinion. I think on early downs, uh, they'll try to you know do a lot of this disguise, and, and it'll end up being uh, Kyle Duggar. And then He's I not suited it, for that? No. No, he's not. They don't really have a guy, and it's a it's a big worry. Like, look, it's all fine and all that you have all these safeties that you can disguise and talk about all this stuff. All right, when it's third and ten and Josh Allen's back there and the and it's shotgun spread, somebody's going to have to be in the middle of the field and going to have to be fast and get people in the right place and make the right decisions to get over the top of whoever. Who is going to be that guy? I have a lot of concerns about that, and if, even if I think Jalen Mills is their best hope, but I have a lot of concerns about that. Okay, number three star. Uh, this is a little bit out there, but um, Chasen Hines, who huh? um, was one of their draft picks on the offensive line last year. Hey, he's the son of Duncan. <laughs> he got off to a horrible start in this training camp. When, when I was ready, I'm, I'd be surprised if it wasn't cut the next day. But i got to say, in the last week or so, he's been awesome. And he's been tremendous in the one-on-ones. He's done a really good job. He's been, In my opinion, he's been better than any of their you know, 18 interior guys that they drafted this year in the draft. I think he's done a really nice job. That's an offensive lineman. Yes, it is. I sort of zoned out there. Okay, guard. guard. Okay, the, yep. I'm sorry, what's the name? Uh, Chasen Hines. Okay, like, folks, put him Jason on the board. Duncan yep, Hines. the jerseys are available now in the pro shop. Three duds. Who's been to three most disappointing players? Number one. Marcus Jones. Uh, just really? because I had high hopes for him that he would, year two, he would come in. You hear some of the analysts, whether it's you know Greg Cosell or Chris Sims, talk about, like, this guy could be like Honey Badger. He could be a, the next great slot cornerback. And that just hasn't come close to happening. He has he has his moments, I will say that. But there are much more times on this practice field where he struggles mostly due to his size and you know a lot of the plays in the red zone uh, he's giving up. So I've just been, not that he's bad or anything like that or he's going anywhere, I've just been personally disappointed that he hasn't taken okay. a larger step. Ideally, what's his role this year? Uh, ideally, he is, well. He, is he a nickel? Is he's he a- probably going to have to be a dime. 
because you're hoping that ideally it's Christian Gonzalez, Jack Jones, John, John Jones. Jones in the slot, yep. and then Marcus Jones is sort of the next guy off the bench. Uh, but, you know, what kind of role is that going to be? I, I don't know. What kind of offensive role do you think he's going to have? Has he been doing much offense on no, here? No, zero. Really? I don't think I've seen him do anything offensively, um, which, you know, maybe that's because of Demario Douglas. Maybe, you know, he, he, he showed so early that they were like, you know what? We're giving him all that package. Okay, number two, most disappointing guy. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. I just haven't been impressed. I mean, you know, not that I think he's bad, not that I don't think he's going to have a role and be productive in this offense. I just, uh, you know, I know what they had in Jacoby Myers. Um, you know, he's uh, Juju's done fine, but I, I just, I don't know. I Is don't it a lack it. of separation thing? Is it a... It's that. It's, um, you know, that I thought he came into the camp a little soft. Um you know, which wasn't surprising because he didn't do much in the off season, and you know, you sort of watch him walk around, and you know, he doesn't put off the healthiest vibe. You know, I do think he's he's still dealing with the knee. I think it's going to be an issue for him all year, and I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty apprehensive about that. Is the simulcast back on there, uh, Davey? Are we back up yet? Not quite yet. I'm just curious. Want to say how the 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 Connecticut Sun are just finishing up there. Yeah. Their afternoon game. We're doing three up, three down with Bedard. Who's your third most disappointing player from camp? Uh, Connor McDermott. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, I, look, I, I don't know how to categorize this because I didn't have high hopes for him, but it looks like he grabbed the starting right tackle role very early on in camp. Um, but since then, he has not been good. He, there, there is a distinct lack of foot speed on the outside. All the speedy guys beat him around the end. Uh, he gives up a lot of the sacks that we see in practice. Um, not that Riley Reef or City Sow or any of those guys are any better, but they're just in rough straights at, at right tackle. They really are. Okay, there are your three up and three down from Greg Bedard. We got calls. Anything you want on uh, Patriots, Patriots Camp, NFL, right to you in our long commercial-free segment next to your uh, phone number, obviously, 617-779-0985. From Patriots Training Camp, presented by Safety Insurance, on your home for the Pats, 98.5 The Sports Hub. And I guess the, the first question is just how you feeling out there and how are you progressing day by day? Uh, I'm getting better, doing everything I can to get back out here with my team. Has it been frustrating for you? Kind of what's the mentality been like out there? Um, definitely frustrating from a personal standpoint. Uh, that's all I can speak on. Uh, but like I said, I'm doing everything I can to get back on the field. Trent, is it rare we get to talk to players uh, who are injured? Is any part of your absence contract related? <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. Not at all. Okay, I was Trent Brown laughing off the suggestion that he was holding in like Matt Judon. That was yesterday. And then today, for the first time all training camp, Trent Brown was out there fully involved in first team 11 on 11 reps and full pads and so before we go back to the phones greg your thought right now in the trent brown situation first of all just to correct you he was not fully involved he was out there like with the show team like at half speed like, okay but it was, it was something but it he, was more but he wasn't doing that before was he no he well he yeah he didn't take part in one-on-ones today so he hasn't done anything competitive i see i yet. see i see i um, see today was more sort of getting other guys rest and and just you know, doing some, it was an improvement. I will say that um, his situation. First of all, he's not going to go to the podium and say this is contract related. Um, his comments were very similar to what Matthew Judon said, 
when he said it wasn't contract related, then suddenly he got his contract adjusted and suddenly he was out there kicking one, everyone's ass out there. Um, so I do think it's partially contract related. I do think, you know, I guess there's some sort of injury thing, but what has he done to get injured? He hasn't really done anything since he's been here. And so, um, I don't know how this resolves. I mean, I think he's, I think he's with the program. I think that he knows that the Patriots said, you know, look, you report in shape, which he's done. You, you know, go on the veteran program. You do your thing, and you know, through camp, and you're ready to go. We'll we'll do something, you know, for you. So I think I think that's coming it's just a matter of time and it felt hold to me and when he said those things yesterday i'm like this is just like what ha- like you said like right. that's what judon did mm-hmm. so i i'd be stunned if there wasn't some adjustment to his contract and if there's not i don't think you're gonna see him so i think he's still holding in and if today wasn't really that day then so be it i mean but i i, I just think one is going to lead into the other all right uh, back to your phones uh what do you what do you got for greg bedard today here's ryan in the truck go ahead ryan hey guys uh good to hear you, greg you do a big right. job as always, but I couldn't help I couldn't help but laugh earlier though. You said you know, hey, in terms of pushing the I don't mean that in a bad way against you. Uh, you in terms of pushing the doll, the ball down the field, we haven't seen it yet. You know why I think that is? Because they can't do it. I hate to come at this from the Jim Murray school of Mac Jones hate, <laughs> but between his lack of physical talent and these slow receivers who can't do anything to change the game. How the hell do they think this is going to work in today's NFL? You see yeah. these guys, these other teams, have, they have blazing speed. They're throwing defenses off of so many ways they can beat everyone. How in God's name is this offense going to do everything? Yeah, and you also left out, you got to be able to protect it. Right. You want to throw down the field, you got to be able to pass block, and you got to be able to run at the receiver position. Your quarterback has to have a big arm. You're 0 for 3. On those things, but what you want to focus is on. You can really notice a lack of speed when you watch this team, even out here. Yeah, it's it's still there. I mean, you know, look, Devontae Parker makes plays down the field once in a while. He catches a fifty-fifty ball. Um, you know, when he when he cares to to do it. I mean, there are times where you know I've seen him dominate practices. There are other days where you can tell he he's going through the motions. Um, but he's not a speed guy. Juju not a speed guy. He's a possession receiver. Uh, Kendrick Bourne has quickness, but I wouldn't say he he flies down the field. Tyquan Thornton can fly down the field when he's on the uh, when he's available to the team. Uh, I, look, I think in terms of them throwing deeper down the field, making big plays, they're it's gonna have to come from scheme. They're gonna have to. It's gonna have to be the traditional Patriots play action. You know, run, run, play action, that sort of thing. Bang action to the tight end, or you know, somebody coming. Uh, on a crosser, it's going to have to be like, you know, we faked a, you know, bubble screen a couple times and the cornerback bites and then we go over the top. But, you know, it's it's tough to see right now with the lack of protection. Like, you know, can they go shotgun four wide receivers and win down the field in like, you know, two-minute opportunities? It's, it's, it's tough for them right now, but I'm not ready to write them off because they have no offensive line out there. Garrett is in Weymouth. Hi, Garrett. Hi, my question is, Greg, uh, why doesn't a team try in an off- onside kick, kick the ball low and really hard, and aim at the front line of the uh, offense, hoping that they can't field it or that it would ricochet off them and come back towards the uh, team kicking out? Hang up oh. and listen to your answer. Oh, okay. Your thoughts on I the bet that guy plays pool. most preferred onside kick method? 
Just uh, drill it at the guy's dome and hope it that, bounces back. That's up there with I, I heard from a professor this offseason where he wanted to send me his uh, dissertation on how more quarterbacks should throw the ball underhanded down the field. <laughs> um, but, you know, look, we've seen that tactic used from time to time. It's more when the front line is, is falling asleep. I mean, you know, you could do that, but if the if they know it's coming, they can step out of the way, and now it's a kick out of bounds and, you know, all that okay. stuff. So, yeah. Here's a special teams question I do want to ask. You were telling me off the air about an emerging yeah. special team. Do we have another special this, team only guy? Yeah, wait wait until the 53-man roster. So there is an undrafted free agent linebacker named Jordan Helig out of Appalachian State. Oh, His okay. nickname was Ace at Appalachian State because oh, he was such a good special teamer. Oh, and this guy, I have not seen him do anything on defense. He literally is at practice with Matthew Slater the entire practice. So I think he is making the roster as, you know, maybe he's the Cody Davis replacement. He's still on an injury list, I think. But this guy is making the roster as a special teams only, doesn't even look at defense, play a position at all type of things. So annoying. Ace is the place. (laughs) Oh, my God. Get ready for this. Is he going to be taking time away from Chris Board? I, I sure hope not. Uh, we've got uh, Tom and Quincy. What's up, Tom? You're up next with Greg Bedard. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, Greg, I got Sorry. a couple questions about this offensive line. Um, first, I, I, I feel like they're being kind of piecemealed together. And, you know, bringing Riley Reef in, and didn't they give him real money? And he's already lost yep. the job that he was brought to do here by Connor Effin McDermott. Like, <laughs> Is this is this line going to be able to keep this together to keep Mac Jones upright, or are you looking at a serious situation where he's going to be on his ass half the time and not going to be able to make it through the season? Your, your thoughts, Greg? Stink, stank, and stunk at right tackle um, so far in this camp. You know, look, um, I have hope that given everybody you know getting healthy and things like that, that they'll be okay on the offensive line. If you're weak at one tackle spot, say right tackle, then you can piece it together. You can deal with that. Trust me. I mean, the entire AFC East, if you're looking for a reason why you know, you won't get too far left behind in the AFC East, because all the teams have offensive line issues, all of them. I mean, you look at the Jets. The Jets basically have their version of Trent Brown and Dwayne Brown in terms of reliability and availability and things like that. Makai Becton is at right tackle, you know, talented, but he's hurt all the time. Um, you know, and to go, go through all the teams in the division. And, you know, look, you get Trent Brown out there healthy and, and motivated. Cole Strange back out there. You know, from what I saw early on in camp, it looks like he's a little bit better. David Andrews, he's just sensational. I think he's having an awesome camp. I was going to put him on my three-up list, but there's no point because – He's that good, and he's underappreciated here and underrated. I just think he's so good. Um, Michael Wenny, when he's out there at right guard, he's he's one of the best in the league. You know, so if you have those four guys all playing at a good level and available all the time, then they're fine. You know, they you could make the argument, and it's t- I know it's tough to do right now because I've been hammering the the lack of protection with what they have out there. You could make the argument that the Patriots could have the best offensive line in the division when everything is all said and done. Okay, even with Question mark at right tackle, which, yes. oh, by the way, I feel like they've had for 23 years. I mean, I, I think if, if I, Since I, Vollmer. If I'm not mistaken, well, that's a good, but what, what, what I mean is, someone can check me on this, but they might have had six different starting right tackles for their six Super Bowl yeah. championships. 
I mean, I know the first three was all somewhat different. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, like, they, they've always sort of cycled through that position, it feels like, you know, over the years. Either way, uh, the, he mentioned Riley Reef. Riley Reef, Calvin Anderson, between them, I think there's something like eight or nine million guaranteed dollars there. And neither, it feels like they shouldn't even be on the team. Uh, yes. I, I, mean, I would agree with that. And Anderson is what? Non injury? The non football injury list. So, so what he the hell got is this? Hurt or sick or something in the offseason away from the facility. So they don't have to pay him until you know that clears up okay we have another hour with greg bedard the simulcast audience has uh, rejoined us from the connecticut sun game this afternoon congratulations to the sun yeah they burned them i think they uh they waxed uh, seattle are they well they won by 12 is that cover murray did you cover that one i believe it's a cover yes okay good yes <laughs> all right so the sun win and cover improved to 21 and 7 wow as Davey uh, puts in front of me here. So we're back here on 98.5 The Sports Hub and the simulcast on NBC Sports Boston brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook. Our training camp coverage has been brought to you by Safety Insurance all week long or all month long, I guess. Uh, this hour was brought to you by the Closet Factory. Final hour with Bedard and your phone calls. You want to talk to Bar- uh, Greg about the Patriots? Uh, fire away. 617-779-0985. Right back to you after Joe Murray's 90-second update. Cannabis no dispensaries in the greater Boston area. Airback Bay is conveniently located in the heart of Boston at 827 Boylston Street across from the Prudential Center. Serving adult-use customers. Or check out Air Watertown, located near Watertown Square at 48 North Beacon Street. Serving medical patients and adult-use customers. Our team is eager to help you choose from a wide assortment of premium cannabis products. Join us in the air, spelled A-Y-R, in Back Bay, Watertown or online. Please consume responsibly. This product may cause impairment and may be habit forming. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. This product has not been analyzed or approved by the Food and Drug Administration. There is limited information on the side effects of using this product, and there may be associated health risks. Marijuana use during pregnancy and breastfeeding may pose potential harms. It is against the law to drive or operate machinery when under the influence of this product. Keep this product away from children. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. The impairment effects of edible marijuana may be delayed by two hours or more. In case of accidental ingestion, contact Poison Control Hotline at 1-800-222-1222 or 911. This product may be illegal outside of Massachusetts. Massachusetts State License Number MR283946, MR283886, Watertown Medical License Number RMD325. B-Pod Studios. The Felger Maz Podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Bill Haney's North Shore Music Theater is giving you a license to chill at Jimmy Buffett's Escape to Margaritaville. This upbeat and energetic new musical getaway features all the Jimmy Buffett songs you know by heart, plus a few new ones. Have your flip-flops knocked off at Escape to Margaritaville, only at North Shore Music Theater from August 15th through August 27th. Set your mind on island time and get your tickets today at nsmt.org and make your escape. To me, the whole thing with the finger under between the legs, antiquated, archaic, and weird. I mean, the whole thing is freaking silly. It's Felger and Maz, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, it's final hour, Felger and Maz uh, from Patriots Training Camp at Gillette Stadium. That's right, Greg Bedard shamed us down here, and so we went. We went. Watch practice, actually interviewed a player, ate the media food, like the whole thing, and did the full training camp day. So I hope you're satisfied, big boy. This uh, final hour of the program is uh, brought, you. brought to you by Albright Auto Group. And again, presenting sponsor this week has been Safety Insurance. Albright Auto Group brings you the 5 o'clock hour. Greg Bedard comes to you from the New England Honda Dealers guest chair. 
paid all those bills. We're going through training camp impressions, his thoughts on the team as it stands right now. We'll do 10 questions with Bedard coming up at 520. Before I go back to the phones, quickly, over under 7.5. That's the Vegas number. Greg, what do you got? Uh, I am still over at 8 and 9. Okay. That's where I am right now. And we'll see if that changes out off the joint practices. Okay. It's not a strong. You're not, you're, you don't feel strongly about it. Is, no, it, is I, it more about them or about their schedule? I think they'll be better this year. I mean, I know they're going to be better this year, and on both sides of the ball probably. But I think their, their schedule is just way too tough, and I just don't think that Bill, in terms of how he – how he is he hasn't adapted to the modern game and i think it's it's left the patriots behind and they just have everything needs to go right for this team and i just don't think it's going to okay your thoughts out there with uh with whatever you got here for the big boy johnny in alabama has a thought for us go ahead johnny yeah guys uh listening to your podcast yesterday when you asked how do patriots feel patriots fans feel about darrell revis and I immediately had to call because Darrell Revis is one of my favorite Patriots for the sole reason that it's like the ultimate salt of the wound move to the Jets fans. I have a bunch of Jets fans, and this is this one irks them more than most. We're talking about a guy who had a Hall of Fame career with them, signs a one-year deal with us, wins a Lombardi, gets fat and out of shape, re-signs with them for big money, and then is basically a bump for the rest of his career. Before he gets his gold jacket, give him a red jacket. Should be a Patriot Hall of Famer for sticking it to the Jets. Thanks so much. That's what I'm talking about. I, I found the Revis thing interesting because I don't think Patriots fans appreciate him as much as they probably should. Or take ownership of him. In other words, he went into the Hall of Fame this weekend, and yeah. I, don't, I, I, I didn't get the sense from Patriots fans that one of ours... You know, he was here one year. No, I know, but he won a Super Bowl. Like, I don't know. A lot of people won Super Bowls here. You know, I, 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 I think they treat Randy Moss more than Darrell Rivas. He was, and Randy was here, I know, three years, but for two and a half of them, he sucked. You know, he had one year, and then he pretty much mailed it in the final two-plus, got kicked off the team, I don't know, and never won. And so, like, I, I, to me, I would have more attachment to Rivas than Moss. Rivas won. And finished strong and did what he was brought here to do. I love the Revis move. He was one of my favorite moves that they ever made. Mm-hmm. They thought big, brought in a star for a need. You know, it wasn't chess and checkers. It was sort of an obvious move with a big name player with a big ego and a big thing. And Belichick still brought him in. They hadn't won in ten years. He shows up. They win. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's amazing what happens when you bring in a high priced talent. You know, right? And, and wow, I'm shocked that Bill did it on defense. And never, ever does it on offense. But the point is, it wasn't a dis- he was slightly distressed. Revis was down from that yep. year in Tampa. So mm-hmm. he, I'm not telling you he was at the, you know, the peak of they his powers. But they had to pay him. So it, it wasn't this complete dumpster dive. It wasn't a distressed asset. It wasn't a reclamation project. No. It was one of the best corners in the game in a year you needed a corner. And they just went out and got him and paid it, and he won a Super Bowl. Like, it's not that complicated. Like I, I like that move, and I've always had you know. Trem- uh, I, Revis with the Jets was a freaking badass. I mean, as well as you can play mm-hmm. that position, he played. He was elite, elite, elite. It's a move that Bill would would make on defense and has made on defense. That he will never do that on offense. He will go with cut rate. Uh, you know, reclamation projects on offense and make them piece it together. But I, I think Patriots fans look at him as another a-hole jet or, you know, whatever. They just don't take any inv- – there's no emotional investment in Revis, and there should be at least a little. I also thought it was bad form by him. I, I don't – from what we understand, he did not thank the Patriots or mention the Patriots in his Hall of Fame speech, 
which I think is low class. Yeah. You know? I mean, even Zach Thomas mentioned Bill Belichick in okay. his speech. Right? And he never played here. But, mm-hmm. you know, this place got him his ring. You know, he never would have had a championship unless he came here. And the Patriots, I, I want to say, t- took a chance. They didn't take a chance, but you know what I mean. I mean, this is how it's usually said at these Hall of Fame things. It's, I want to thank Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick and the Patriots family for bringing me in and giving me my chance yep. to win a chance. That's all, all he had to do. He wouldn't even do that. Yep. That was a low-class move by him. And I think it's, you know, if Patriots fans don't like the guy because he's a Jet, I'd say get over it to you, big babies. Uh, here's uh, Tony in Westwood. What do you got, Tony? Oh, hey, Greg. A big fan of yours, a long-time subscriber of Boston Sports Journal. Um, question for you. Um, a lot of hype about the first three draft picks uh, on defense. Do you think they'll be able to make a big impact this year to take the defense to the next level? Okay, so between Keon White and this Marte Mapu, who you like, are these guys, and Gonzalez, they going to be impact guys this year? I, well, I, I'd rate them, I'd rank them this way in terms of, you know, guys that I've been most impressed with that I think – you know, are going to make the biggest impact. I would go Mapu. You know, I just think, you know, he's repped at so many different positions and can help. He He's the one guy that you could put on the field on third down and, you know, erase a running back or take care of a athletic quarterback. Like, he finally brings speed and athleticism to the second level of this defense, which I think is badly needed. I think Gonzalez will be fine. I haven't watched him very close. He, I'm gonna I'm saving that for the joint practices when I can see him against other receivers, more explosive receivers than what the Patriots have. Um, and you know who's the oh Keon White? You know, he's been fine, uh, but you know I I don't I just don't see where he's going to get many snaps outside. It's right now it looks like he's going to be a designated. Uh, interior pass rusher, um, you know, for a, for a pretty high second round pick. You know, I, I don't love that. I would have rather have gotten a, a a tight end or an offensive tackle instead. I, you know, I, I'm impressed with his strength. He's got some explosiveness. He's not really an edge player. He's sort of a tweener. I don't love those guys in today's game, but you know, I'm definitely giving him a chance. Um, it's just you know they bring in Trey Flowers, and Trey Flowers is like the same. You know, same position. And they already have Dietrich Wise. Keon White's behind Dietrich Wise. Now you're getting Trey Flowers in the mix. Even though I'll be surprised if he's on the roster come, you know, opening week. He'll probably more of a practice squad guy. Who? I'm sorry? Uh, Trey Flowers. You think Trey Flowers is going to be on the practice squad? Yeah, probably. I don't I don't see any roster spots. They, they, just, they just put him on the pump list. Oops, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I hit the wrong button. Go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they, they brought him in. They don't have any roster sauce. So now you can have veterans on there, and you can elevate. You, it's basically like a 56-man roster because you can elevate three guys from the practice squad every week to the roster depending on what you need. That's how, like, Nick, remember the year they entered? They didn't have a kicker. Yeah, and everybody yeah, was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, this yeah. guy's going to kick. But Nick Folk was on the practice squad. He got elevated. So, you know, Trey Flowers, I think, was on a side field today. He doesn't look like he's close to in condition. Yeah, so that's going to be a process. So I, I, I see him more of a practice squad type guy. Okay, I'm glad we haven't even mentioned Trey Flowers. Uh, Andy and Revere. Go ahead, Andy. Hey, how's it going, fellas? Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit on Mac Jones's lines at 20 and a half last time I checked. I just want you guys thoughts on that. 20 and a half what? For touchdowns? touchdowns, Joe? Okay, uh, Joe Murray, over, under, Mac Jones, 20 and a half touchdowns. I, I'd probably go under since it's better than his rookie year. Um, so I'd pro- I I would probably go over on that one for sure. Over, you're saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, because last year he was way under. I'm I'm way over. Yeah, me too, me too. I think he's going to be decent. I think the offense is going to be decent. 
Uh, we have 10 questions with the big boy, the first one of the year, coming your way right after these words. Acorns knows that when you're in school, money can be tight. There's books, there's supplies, there's buffalo chicken pizzas at 2 a.m. Acorns can round every purchase up to the nearest dollar and automatically invest your spare change for you. Turn that pizza into small steps towards your future. Plus, Acorns is giving students a $10 bonus investment. Go to acorns.com college to get started. Investment advisory services offered by Acorns Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Live from Gillette Stadium, it's Felger and Mass for Patriots Training Camp. Presented by Safety Insurance on your home for New England Patriots football. 98.5 The Sports Hub. You want the answer? You've got to ask the question. Do you have an opinion based on if you had to go with your gut, what, which way it would go? Uh, Sometimes you have to ask it over and over and over again. Why, 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 why? This is 10 Questions with Greg Bedard and Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, first of the year, 10 questions with the big boy. 10 questions around the league as it relates to the New England Patriots as well. Um, we have to stay on time. 10 questions in 10 minutes. We have buzzer options, Jimmy. I just want to agree with 100% of everything that you're saying. Okay, I like it. Good call right there. Fun's overrated. I agree with that, too. Well said by me. Rick Pitts. Thyrick. Thyrick Pitts. Excuse me. Thyrick. Stink, stank, stunk, and stench. Here comes the Pitts. <laughs> Who's Thyrick Picks? Uh, someone the Patriots picked up like a week ago with okay. the wide receiver. Yeah. Or yeah. Go ahead. I will tell you when there's a competition. Yes, you yeah. will. Damn right. Still not one. Next. Oh, my God. Go f*** yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hit it, Jimmy. Oh, my God. Go f*** yourself. All right, Greg. Do you believe something needs to be done to address the running back market? And what the position is being paid across the NFL? Absolutely not. It's just supply and demand. I mean, they have cut that that role down. Like, there's no such thing as like you know just a bell cow running back who does everything. Like we used to see in you know growing up in the '80s and the early '90s, those things just don't exist. You got you know two down back. You got the passing back. You got the goal line back. Sorry, fellas, just the way it is. Okay, uh, Jim Murray, Joe Murray, you guys are all welcome to, to chime in. No, I'm with them. Supply and demand, basic economics, their values caved because it's a pass-happy league, so there's little demand for quality running backs in the league now. Joe, you got play. it? Yeah, yeah same, same thing. Why change it? And they have the owners have the players o- over a bucket right now. Next. Fun's overrated. How do you feel, Greg, number nine, about the NFL looking at the XFL kickoff? So in what I've seen of it, um, you know, which is basically – uh, there's just the kickers kicking off at the normal place, but then down where they would receive the kick, somewhere around the 30, well, no, the offense and the defense are five yards away from each other. Let me explain. The kicker kicks where he normally kicks, yep. and the returner's where he normally lines up on the goal line. Then, at I want to say the 30, meaning yep. the returning team's 30, maybe the 25, I can't remember what yard line it is, you have the remaining 10 players on the return team and the remaining 10 players on the kicking team lined up five yards away from each other. Again, at the... 25 of the receiving team and the kickoff just goes from there so everybody blocks everybody and it's a normal return it's just you don't have the collisions they're not running at each other from 40 yards away they're just contacting each other now from five yards away and that's cut down on concussions do you like the nfl going to that first of all i i I want as many kicks out as possible mostly to annoy belichick but i will say i like this I think it, it's a more it makes it a much more competitive play. I like the one on one sort of aspect of it, where you see one guy locking with another and yep. could get tossed aside and embarrassed and stuff like that. And you know, I think 
there's there's a possibility of some big play. So I like it. I do. The bit that I've seen of it, I like it because, yeah, like Greg said, it, it, there's more opportunity for bigger plays and actual returns. And I think anything at this point is better than guys continually kicking it out of the end zone and we're all sitting there questioning why it's still part of the game and come back from commercial and they're at the 25. Nothing happens now. So my only issue is that what do you do on the onside kick? Uh, I, I, I don't want the onside kick to go to the 4th and 15 thing that yeah. you know they're talking about letting teams do. I, I, I still want... I still, I, unlike you, Greg, still want as much kicking in the game as possible. I need a little bit of variety. I feel like every play in a football game now is the quarterback in the shotgun throwing it to four guys spread across the field anyway. Now we're going to have one more of those plays for the onside kick. I don't want that. Make it a, keep it a kicking game play. So if the XFL thing keeps the kickoff in the game, I'm all for it. They still have to figure out the onside kick. But it, to me, it's better than the fourth and fifteenth thing. Yeah, how about they get a helicopter? Yeah, right, there and exactly. Drop a ball from the helicopter. Joe, quickly, a thought. I just give. I love a specialist in this spot, right? Don't you think there could be, uh, you know, room for someone on the team that could do this and kind of beat everybody? That's why I like it because it's competitive. Next, Thrick Pitts. Thyrick. Thyrick Pitts. Excuse me. Thyrick. Stink, stank, stunk, and stench. Here comes the Pitts. <laughs> Number eight. Who do you have for second place in the AFC East, Greg Bedard? I have the Jets behind the Bills, even though you know I am critical of you know their offensive line, and, and I don't think that Rodgers thing is going to go smoothly. I just think between their defense and Rodgers and the talent that they have catching the ball, I'm sure they're going to get Dalvin Cook at some point. I just think they're going to be too good. I have the Bills behind the Dolphins. I said a little while back I'm picking Miami to win the division. I feel a little less great about that after the Jalen Ramsey injury, but I think Vic Fangio... Uh, his addition will make their defense better. I think Tua stays healthy, and I think Buffalo takes a little bit of a step back. Joe? Yeah, I got the Jets finishing second, Bills win the division. Next. I will tell you when there's a competition. Number seven, big boy. Aaron Rodgers' career quarterback rating is 103.6. Aaron Rodgers, over, under. Quarterback rating this year, 103.6. I have him slightly under. I don't I don't think it's going to be, you know, we, Looking at it when he's been MVP and things like that, it's been like 120, 111. I don't think he's going to get to that level. I just don't think enough about Paul Hackett, the offensive coordinator. I don't think he's that good. Rodgers loves him, but I think he's going to be under somewhere. High 90s, high 90s you know, maybe around 100. Under. Uh, you know, I, you mentioned it, Greg. Their offensive line sucks. I question whether or not this thing works. Aaron Rodgers' commitment, all of that. I'm ready for the New York Post headline by week five that says, A-Rod, question mark, equals A-Hole or something like <laughs> that. Because they start like 1-3 and three or 0-4. Oh Joe Murray. I think he's over 100, but I'm going to go under. Okay. Under. Take the under. Next. I just want to agree with 100% of everything that you're saying. boy. Good call. <laughs> all right. Of the 11 former Patriots in the Hall of Fame, rank in order... The top three. And when I mean top three, I mean the best players, not your favorite or who you like the most or blah, blah, blah. I'm talking about your favorite players. And just in case you want a quick list of the 11, here it is. Andre Tippett, Bill Parcells, Curtis Martin, Darrell Rivas, John Hanna, Junior Seau, uh, Michael Haynes, Michael Haynes, uh, Nick Bonacani, Randy Moss, Richard Seymour, Ty Law. Top, Top three players in order. Hog Hanna is by far number one. Clear in a way. Nick Bonacotti is next. He was a four-team first-team All-Pro. Hannah was first-team All-Pro seven times. And then you could get in a debate, but I'm going Andre Tippett, um, two-time first-team All-Pro. I just, as growing up a Dolphins fan, seeing him on the other side in that red uniform used to give me nightmares. So I had to really watch him, and I can't pick my favorites, so Ty Law, Darrell Rivas, Richard Seymour. Okay. John Hanna, number one, by far. 
uh, Richard Seymour, Ty Law. Okay. John Hanna, by far, mm-hmm. is number one. Revis is two. Revis was a better corner than Ty Law. I hate to break it to it's you. That's true. That's. I mean, I just think he was a better pure. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're both elite. They're both, you know, top six of all time. I mean, I, I'm not telling you Ty Law sucks. I just think Revis was... Revis was the best I ever saw, maybe next to Deion Sanders. You know, or, or it's so I think Revis is two. I think Revis is two. Hannah one, Revis two, and then to me the third one is, you know, Seymour Law Tippett. I think they're all in that same class. Yeah. All legit. Seymour was close for me with Tippett. It was him and him or Seymour. Legit, no doubt about it. Hall of Famers. Nick Ponacani. I just I I can't comment. I didn't. You know, I I just don't know. Never saw him. Next. Oh my God! Go f- yourself. Okay. Settle down, Tyler. Oh, it's a tool bag question. Who's been the biggest tool bag of the NFL so far this month or in training camp? Ravens running back J.K. Dobbins. Have you heard about this at all? So he is holding in J.K. Dobbins for a new contract. He has started nine games in three years. (laughs) He has 11 total touchdowns. He He thinks he should be part of this running back cabal. He is another Ohio State tool bag football player who just overvalues himself like you know like Milliken said you can just play that thing again Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott who declared before camp opened he's going to throw like five or six interceptions all season long and if you pay attention he's got like two or three a day he has two more today he looks like a complete ass clown Joe Murray the right answer is Sean Payton but I'm going to go Greg Bedard (laughs) (laughs) listen good job Joe is Sean Payton for calling out Buddy Hackett yeah no Buddy Hackett's the tool bag oh you suck you or Rogers reacting to it. Yeah, oh, you get my right. coach's name out of your Both mouth. of them. Shut the shut your pie holes. Sean Payton's job is to go in there and you know tell everybody what they don't know there in Denver. What you've had isn't good enough. You just go and grow a go a freaking pair, you big babies. And Hackett did suck there. Like, what's he talking about? He's the tool bag. Joe, next. I will tell you when there's a competition. Number four. Give me your thoughts on the state of college football with the college and the conference upheaval. It's so stupid. Like, you know, can we can we just leave the conferences as they are, you know, go back to the original ones, regional, you know, for the for the lesser sports. For football, can we just have four divisions and just get it over, you know, gra- yeah. geographically? Yeah, 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 yeah. And just get it over with and then just have a full playoff. Just make football separate than anything else, keep everything else regional, and let's get on with it. It's more teams and conferences they don't belong in means more confusion and me caring about it less. It's It's gotten out of control. More betting for me in these big schools are going to go down to Sunbelt teams. I can't wait. Okay, like, for example, like, what do you mean by that? Uh, I think that, uh, I don't know, Troy could upset Vanderbilt or something to that degree. I just think that the rivalries are gone, but these small schools that play very well can beat some of these big uh, schools that are on TV every single week. And you're saying there'll be be value in the lines because people won't be betting Troy. Got it. Okay, next. Fun's overrated. Number three, who will be the first coach fired this year, big boy? I have Ron Rivera. Did you hear him the other day? He was yeah. critical of Eric Bieniemy, yeah. saying like yeah, the player. Yeah. He's heard from a lot of players that are, you know, he's too tough on them. His offensive coordinator. Yeah, his offensive yeah. coordinator, who I, I think Bieniemy was sort of forced on him, but yeah, not cool. Like, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. I'll stay in that same division, Mike McCarthy. I think the Cowboys are going to be a bit of a mess this year. Todd Bowles, he's the favorite to be the first uh, coach fired this year. So that's technically he's the number one on the board. I, I was going to say Bowles, but, and he is actually the betting line favorite to be the first yep. fired. Yep. Okay, there it is. Next. Thrick Pitts. Thigh Rick. Thigh Rick Pitts. Excuse me. Thigh Rick. Stinks, stinks, stunk, and stench. Here comes the Pitts. 
<laughs> couple of clowns. Number two. Patriots have obviously completed a new stadium renovation with that giant video screen. I just saw it for the first time today. Wow. Uh, and, the, of course, the 22-story uh, full schmenzer there in the <laughs> north end zone where you can see both downtown Boston and downtown Providence. It's thick. In case you know, that is, that is, is a big, girthy uh, <laughs> thing, no doubt about it. Okay, What is the coolest stadium feature you have ever seen across the league? Uh, the Cowboys video board. That is... That is cool. Like you can that see, you, it's you, right you, over the field and you can and see everything. it on the inside of it, right? Yeah. Is that one of those that shows it in the inside? Or, or is that L.A.? Either way, keep going. Yeah, but that, that's the coolest thing I've seen. Yeah, that's my answer, too. I mean, it's so massive and so cool. And occasionally you get someone to punt off yep. of it, too. Yeah, I, I like how at New Orleans you can just walk right out and then go right back and walk to your hotel room. But in Dallas, you can get food delivered to your seat. That's one of my favorites. And okay. the video board. <laughs> I'll, I'll just give you a little one. Remember Old Mile High with the with the Mustang, the Bronco, up on its hind legs yeah. that they had in one of the end zones? That thing was badass. I they don't, don't have that at the new place? Uh, they do, but it's not it's not the same. Not as majestic? I don't know. There was something. The Mile High Stadium, it was like, it was really pitched. So it was like really, I don't know. I just feel like yeah. the old one, it was higher up there. And it was, it was a small little, it's not a you know major thing, but I thought that thing was uh, kind of cool. Next. Oh, my God. Go f*** yourself. Last one. Greg, what is your least favorite thing about covering NFL training camps? Uh, when radio hosts come out and watch one practice and make general <laughs> generalizations about quarterback competitions and things like that. Love you, Joe. Big Jeff. Gotcha. I mean, I'm barely down here, but I'll say, like, the ride. Driving down here sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Joe? I don't know. Just everyone's got an opinion. I just like the buzz back of it. But, oh, this guy, that guy, the Bam Childresses of the world that everybody loved. I don't know. Is it Pop? Is it Pop Douglas this year? I don't know who it is. But the, the love of some of these underdog players. In, in all seriousness, NFL training camps suck now. They I, really do. There's so much less to really watch than they used to. They don't do anything. They barely do one-on-ones. I mean, just like five, six years ago, I used to have like 30 or 40 reps for guys. I'll be lucky if I have 15 now. Like, there's barely any competition that goes on. The fans don't get to see much. Like, it's just... Uh, it's, it is, I can tell you, it's just... It's terrible. It used to be great. It's 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 much different. Mm-hmm. There's just much less to... There's much less content, if you will, that's going on out here than when I covered the thing, whatever, 15, 20 years ago. It's much different. It's much worse for the fans. Yeah, you remember you, when you, there used to be, like, two and three-a-days? Yeah, like, they're two-a-days. They, 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 the, first, the first training camp practice used to be goal line. Mm-hmm. Like, I sort of remember day one, they were in pads thumping on the goal line. Like, that was day one. You'd watch practice first thing in the morning. Then everybody would go and have lunch, get refueled. you go out back in the afternoon and watch those guys kick the crap out of each other. It used to be awesome. Football used to be awesome. Football is awful. Yeah, it's, and I'll tell you what, these joint practices, Greg, I talk about this a lot, really screw over the fans. Because yes. now it's the, but the preseason games, I used to think there was a little value in preseason games. Yep. Now they, you know, they shoot all their bullets during the week in these joints that no one can see. So it's even made those, uh, those uh, preseason games even worse. So anyway, there's 10 questions. Uh, final segment of your wonderful phone calls for Greg, 617-779-0985. To you right after the update. Football used to be awesome. Football is awful. Yeah, it's... Valger and Maz are live at Gillette Stadium for Patriots training camp. Presented by Safety Insurance on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, final segment with Greg Bedard, big boy of the Boston Sports Journal. Big Boy Tuesday came 4-6. to six. This week, because uh, practice was obviously going on earlier, 
Belgram has actually came down here today. We're coming to you from Gillette Stadium on the final day that uh, training camp was open to the media. This hour of our program was brought to you by the Albright Auto Group. The presenting sponsor this week was Safety Insurance. Greg Bedard comes to you from the New England Honda Dealers guest chair. And uh, there are the bills being paid. Your phones to wrap it up, as promised. 617-779-0985. Ben and Malden, what do you got? Hey, guys. Uh, I'm calling about the Pats, but I want to talk about the AFC East as a whole. I think the Jets are absolutely overrated. This could turn into the Denver Broncos of last year. I think they're being so overhyped, and it's just crazy. What do you guys think? Yeah, so I can't tell you exactly who's going to F up, but I, I just feel it in my bones that someone's going to F up. Like, it, and it's, the Jets feel like the natural team, but it could even be the Bills. It could be the Dolphins again. Maybe two of, you know, once again, doesn't learn how to fall. Or I, I, I don't know. I just, I have very little faith that all three of those Bozo franchises are going to hold it together and do the right thing and, you know, just sort of land the plane. I just someone's going to there's just too much dysfunction the ownership's too bad in some of those spots someone's going to f up and the pats could have an advantage there i do think that the 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 comparison to broncos is just off i mean there was a a first year head coach you like new program russell wilson coming in like as a you know sort of a big money guy where you know rogers is giving money back there's an established program robert sal has been a head coach there they already have a really good defense um, you know, now you're just hoping to, you know, if the, if the Jets just played decent offense last year, first of all, they would have swept the Patriots probably if they, you know, if they, you just put Aaron Rodgers out there and just get a few more points, they sweep the Patriots. Um, I, it, this is the way I see the AFC East. I feel, I feel uneasy about the Bills. I don't know. I just feel like they're just, they've climbed the mountain and they, you know, they got there and then the 13 seconds thing happened and then now i think they're on a slow sort of yeah. downturn here and and i have some worries about you i do like i think it's gonna be good that mcdermott's calling the defensive place i think he's an excellent defensive coordinator i think he's better than leslie frazier um but they also have you know the high price safeties out there that you know how long are they gonna they've had injury issues i just think it's real tenuous there i i i do like the dolphins overall but tua i have no confidence that he's gonna last a full season i love vic fangio um, he's going to be way more impactful than Billy O'Brien is here. Sorry for calling him Billy. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I do think that, um, you know, the Jets, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. But I, I, I do like their makeup. I do. So I'm with Greg and, like, all the reasons I think Buffalo takes a step back this year. But also there's talk of making Josh Allen stay in the pocket more and taking away what he does best. And so I think if you take that away from his game – the picks will go up like they did last season. And as much as I believe in him, I think he's the real deal now. Like, I don't know. You want him to utilize his legs, too, and be a force that way. And I know that will shorten his career, but it just feels like more than anything else, the 13 seconds a couple of years ago in Kansas City, that was their best chance, and I just feel like they're on a downward slope, too. We've got uh, Dennis in Rhode Island on the Patriots with Greg Bedard. Go ahead there, Dennis. What's going on, guys? So, Greg, if, if you think – uh, that they, they possibly have the best offensive line in the AFC East when it's all said and done. Does the organization feel like that? And what are they doing to make sure that best five is ready to go week one because you can't afford to start off slow? And yeah. on Pop Douglas, and this goes for any young players, uh, how willing are they now? Because the Martin game is here. As much as we argue about whether or not it's past Bill, it's here now. There are players that play well within the Martin game and that size. What's the likelihood we see them play as soon as week one? Okay. Yeah, good questions, Dennis. Um, you know, the offensive line, uh, there's nothing really they can do. 
I mean, you know, Trent Brown's going to be ready when Trent Brown's ready. Same with Cole Strange, same with Michael Wenio. I think that there is a confidence within the organization that they will be ready in time and ready to go for this team. Um, you know, we'll see if that holds true. They have to figure out right tackle. Um, you know, could you swing a deal at some point? If I were Bill Belichick, I know that I have a bunch of safeties. I have a safety in Kyle Duggar who's coming up on a contract extension. Um, if And he's going to get paid a lot. You, they should already know whether they're going to be able to re-sign him or not or they're going to have to franchise tag him or what have you. The the Cincinnati Bengals have an extra tackle in Jonah Williams. I, I, I haven't seen if everybody's healthy. I know somebody was on uh, NFI or something like that, so maybe they don't have all three tackles yet. But at some point in time, they're going to have three tackles, three good starting tackles. You don't have any at right tackle. Um, Jonah Williams makes the most sense. He's in a contract year. The Bengals have two new safeties this year. They don't have Jesse Bates. They don't have Vaughn Mel. They've gone really young at safety. You have multiple safeties. To me, swapping one of the safeties for Jonah Williams, at least for this year, makes the most sense. I would like to see them do something like that. And Pop Douglas, I, I don't think he's going to have much of a role to start the season. I'm hopeful, hopeful that between injuries and things like that, he's going to get an opportunity and do some things. Brian in Salem joins us on Mac Jones. What do you think, Brian? Hey, guys. Uh, earlier in the program, you guys had mentioned that uh, there hasn't been too many downfield passes and reasons being the offensive line is terrible and that they've got slow-ass wide receivers. Uh, could another reason be that Mac is just playing scared and would rather check down to keep his completion rate up and keep Zappy at bay? Um, no. If Actually, if I had to if I had to really say one quarterback, one quarterback is being a little bit gun-shy to, to keep his stats up, it would be Zappy. Um, you know, especially in the early red zone periods to camp, um, at least Mac's stats weren't very good, but at least he was trying like difficult throws. Zappy was just you know throwing checkdowns and things like that. Um, no, I don't see any any reason on the field to believe that Mac is scared or anything like that. I think he is doing exactly what the offense calls for. Um, you know, you have you have target number one, you have no, target number two, then come to your check down. And I think he's going through that, and it's between the pass rush and also the lack of speed in this receiving core makes him quickly get down to his check down um, you know, more quickly than I would like. But I think he's executing it exactly the way that they want it. Okay. Greg, what are you expecting Thursday night? Uh, what, what really boring yep, game. What that, kind of product are we going to get? Um, not much. I think we're going to see Bailey Zappi with um, a semblance of an offensive line. The offensive line should be, sorry, I'm just looking for it. Uh, it should be Connor McDermott at left tackle, Oy. Antonio Maffi, the rookie, at left guard, uh, James Ferentz at center, uh, uh, Cody Russi at right guard, and City So at right tackle. Jesus. And then they only have three reserves. Um, Andrew Stuber, the tackle, Jason Hines, the guard that I mentioned, and also Jake Andrews, one of the other draft picks. So they're only going to have eight. I think it's going to be Z- Bailey Zappi and those guys in the backup sort of young receivers and tight ends, and For that's going to be okay. the bulk of the game. Give me those nobodies. Uh, I think you have a chance to see Tyquan Thornton out there. I do. Which is um, a bad sign for him. It's not a great sign for him, but he needs reps. He, he needs to catch up. He needs to show somebody something. And going against everybody's backups, if he doesn't show in this in the, this game specifically, it's a bad sign. I think Pop Douglas will be out there. I think Butte will be out there. Um, 
you know, in the, the Trey Nixons of the world, those guys, Scotty Washington, a tight end, um, Johnny Lumpkin, a tight end. Like, that's about mm, what you're going to yeah, see out I'm there. still working on that. Yeah, Johnny Lumpkin? That's a great name. Yep. Johnny Lumpkin. It sounds like an Urban Dictionary yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, I gave her the Johnny Lumpkin. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I got a Johnny Lumpkin. I just nowadays. got a Lumpkin. <laughs> so, hey, look. Give it- <laughs> Give it while he's yeah. I'm still working on that. Johnny yeah. Lumpkin. Well, you're, you're, like, that feels like Harry Schmedlap. Like one of my made-up names, Johnny Lumpkin. Johnny Lumpkin. I'm gonna I'm gonna use is. that now. Yeah. Going forward. Go ahead. Last night I got so banged up, I did a Johnny Lumpkin. <laughs> Given that Mac Jones is on his third offensive coordinator in as many years, do you question that he's not going to play in this thing? Like. You you feel comfortable that he's just getting all the reps out here, and you know when they do these joint practices these next few weeks, you don't think he should be playing? Uh, we'll see on the third preseason game. I'm fine with him not playing. I mean, I, I I don't think they can afford the injury risk, not just to him, but everybody else. I mean, what kind of line is he playing against? Um, you know, it's not ideal, but I think they they will get so much work in Green Bay in Nashville that, you know, that's the bulk of training camp. And that's really where, you know, Mac Jones sort of won the job. Um you know, in uh, you know, against the Giants, uh, against the Eagles in joint practices, like uh, that's where Bill puts a ton of value on these joint practices, and I think that's where we're going to see Mac get the bulk of his work. Okay, and then does that mean they're not going to play against the Packers though in the game that everybody can see? Is going to be one of those things? That, I mean, if they're not playing in the first preseason game, when are they going to play in any of these games? I think they might play. If I had to guess, and, and they played in the what was it, the Raiders game was the last preseason game last yeah. year. And they stunk up the joint, and they kept them out there for a while. I can see the same scenario because you get to the end of so that's the end of August when they play their final preseason game. The, the season doesn't start until the tenth. The tenth. So there's like a week and a half gap between the end of the preseason and the start of the season. So that's sort of like a final tune-up, maybe a drive or two, and that's it. I think that's all you're going to see in the preseason. That's annoying. I know. All right. Uh, so what concludes that portion of the program with the big boy? You be with us next Tuesday too, uh, if you want me. Oh uh, no, I'll be in Greenback. Uh, I'll be in Greenback. Well, they don't have the internet in Greenback. Uh, I know. I, I know we're slow, but we just got it. Yeah, they just got it in Northeast Wisconsin. Okay. Well, I think we can figure out a hookup yeah, there. I get there. I get there early, so I should be able to. I should be able to pull it. Okay, off. we'll call your people. Yeah, your call my people. people. We'll call your people and see what your itinerary yep. is. The final word comes your way next. Org. Hey, it's, uh, it's Felger here. Now on Felger and Mass. It's the final word. Four-hour show in four minutes, which leads to the question: Does it really need to be four hours long? No. For the guaranteed lowest prices on tires, go to Town Fair Tire because nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. Nobody. So, a uh, little bit of a weird show today. I'm not really sure what kind of show we were working today, but uh, things got off to a very interesting start here on the program today. <laughs> okay, we're going to break from this real quick. We have a player available to us from the field as Felger Mass come to you from Patriots Training Camp. It's Patriots uh, defender Dietrich Wise Jr. joining us now. Hey. Dietrich, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Excellent, excellent. How's camp going uh, for you so far? It's going pretty good, pretty good. How do you feel about training camp? Do you like it? Yeah, I love training oh, come camp. Come on. How could yeah. you like training camp? No, I love training camp. It's, uh, everybody coming together, uh, 18 hours a day, just work. Uh, you know, with your with your friends and everything, and just refining your skills, it's the best place to be. Eighteen hours a day. I'm, I'm over exactly. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Dietrich. Thanks so much for taking the time. No I problem. appreciate it. Good luck to you this season. Thanks, thank you Dietrich. very much. Not only are we down here. Not only did I witness practice, I actually went down to the tent 
with the writers. They didn't tase you? Like I used to. They wanted to. I got a lot of dirty looks. So I actually went down. I watched practice from the tent for a little bit. I had uh, Trent Brown with two plus plays. Tyquan Thornton with three minus plays. I watched practice. I interviewed a player. What else do you want now? Okay? What are we doing? What, is, what are we doing? This I know. is bizarre. I know. Fulgur and Mass, Believe me, is. we'll get back to what we do, but we just, okay, like, we what, did what, it. What's happened to the show? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We witnessed practice. We reported actual facts. We interviewed a player. Fail. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. In the New England Honda Dealers guest chair is Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub. What's up, Alex? How's it going? Thanks okay. for having me. I want a firsthand uh, account on Tyquan Thornton. Is he feeling busty to you? It's getting there. Oh, Alex, wow. it's, it's getting for there. you, that is, uh, go, go. Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal, who I might uh, even uh, say is responsible for us being here. He shamed us into coming down to Patriots training camp. So are you satisfied? Uh, no, I am not, because this was the biggest nothing burger practice of camp Wait a minute. I got to see. Brendan's in Redding. Go ahead, Brendan. Yeah, hey, Greg, first off, don't <laughs> refer to Billy Bill O'Brien. I almost did as Billy O'Brien. You're not a friend of his. You're not a coach in the NFL. You're not in the circle, okay? Uh, so, what, so how should I? So, so how should I refer to him? Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Okay. Okay. The only you reason know, you, I use Billy that, is to differentiate write that, write him that from on your Bill. That, write that. Write that on your website that nobody subscribes to. Okay, not on the air. Oh, here, okay? Jesus. Actual people. Listen. What's this guy's in, problem? In year seven, still, still, still here. It was a weird show. God, today. I was so angry. Yeah. No, but it is a weird show. Like what a failure I, of a show today. Like we've <laughs> set Felger and Maz back at least four or five years. Believe me. It was more than my idea to come down here. <laughs> you really want to do this thing? I mean, usually when if if the show is represented when we're here, you and Tony are on vacation. The last time I was here was filling in for you guys. It was me and Ted Johnson, and the fire alarms went off because they were testing them through the duration of the show. I'm like, oh, this feels right. Like, yeah. that's what I felt like should have happened today. No, Instead, no. it was. We need to go back to our hole. Yeah, yeah. Grab start ass with a player. Ripping says people. Something critical. Everybody hates Greg Bedard. You guys had three guests today. What has that ever happened? That's more than in three months. No, totally. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, there's a new low today. Yeah, it was very check, weird. I feel dirty. <laughs> yeah, check ourselves at the door. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with a normal program. Back Thank in God. our Back in our hole. Come up with all sorts of bull crap and do the normal thing that we normally do. We do have the baseball hour coming up next. Is this uh, Joe Murray? Is this your thing or Jim Murray? Yeah, I uh, pulled the uh, the straw today. So I'm, <laughs> I, I actually I, I negotiated this one. I said, hey, I'll stay back. I don't need to be there. I already got my shirt that said I was there. So, uh, yeah, my, myself and Jay Stu here until 7 o'clock with a little baseball talk. Okay, give me give me more. Give me 10 seconds more to tease. What are you talking about? Uh, well, uh, the, a real starting pitcher was on the mound last night. And the Red Sox season was saved by one player who should have been cut today. There's no chance this this, this guy saved the season. Get out of here. It took them that much to go. beat the Royals. And if it was saved, it was saved by the ump who gifted it to them. Okay, either way. By the way, Cora doesn't think he's a regular. Remember that. He either way. Want Pablo Reyes here. Did, don't leave it on the – save it for the show. <laughs> here comes the baseball hour. He's got a pretty good tease of what you're going to be getting here in a couple minutes. First, you have an update. Uh, no commercials, and then it's the baseball hour with Joe Murray and Stu. We're back at it tomorrow at 2. Is it is it me and the Murrays? Yes, sir. Okay. Yep. We'll run it back tomorrow at 2. See you then, fellas. See you.